the Vegas Golden Knights uh, as the expansion team, they're probably going to be trash. Welcome, and what you just heard was a god-awful take by Mr. Joe McMahon joining us again for a Stanley Cup final podcast. How's it going, and how do you feel about your uh, uh, bad take exposed there, Joe? Uh, I, I don't feel incredibly poor about it because I was you know, one of about 5 million people with that take. Uh, it still stings a little bit, and the fact that it's recorded and forever on the internet uh, – you know, it, that's suboptimal for sure. You know, we re, you got people got to know that we have a good podcast when uh, we come out with good takes like that. So if you're listening in, this is the Balls, Buckets, and Bull podcast. I'm your host, Joey Morales, joined by Joe McMahon, as you just heard. Again, also joining us is Ryan Lim. How's it going? Uh, I, I feel like I've been trying to text you like quadruple text, and I've just never been on this podcast. Did I, did I do something wrong? Like, yeah, you haven't been on in a while, have you? But uh, it's it's been an NBA season. Uh, sports have been quiet. I uh, don't really care too much about baseball uh, enough to have a podcast. But um, so, yeah, we'll get we'll get you back on a little bit more as uh, the offseason for football gets rolling. But right now we are talking about the ice, uh, the ice rink. And uh, just like Joe was saying, uh, he shouldn't be he shouldn't feel too bad about himself. The Vegas Knights open up with 501 preseason odds to win it all. Very unlikely finalist, even for a guy like me who doesn't know hockey one bit. But, Joe, do you think this is the biggest Cinderella of all time? And what do you think about the Vegas Knights season so far? It's been wild to watch. I remember at the beginning of the season, you know, they came right out and people were saying, oh, you know, these guys have a chip on their shoulder because they got released by their former teams. And, you know, but it, it won't last. And, it definitely lasted like they haven't stopped rolling. They had a bit of a lull, uh, you know, maybe the middle to the end of the season. But I mean, even in the beginning of the season, they were they were four goalies deep on their depth chart. Like their their first top two goalies were injured and out for like two months. And they're using kids that were in the double A level of minor league hockey at that point. It, it was insane that they were able to uh, maintain that type of performance with teenagers and net essentially is what it boiled down to. Honestly, didn't even know there was a minor league hockey team. Ryan, what do you think about the Vegas Knights season so far? Um, I, I think it, maybe not the biggest Cinderella story. I, I, I like to think that uh, the UMCB or BC, UMBC, that team in, uh, in the March Madness was a better Cinderella story since they literally came out of nowhere. They were starting like a 5-2 point guard or whatever. Um, I just think the Golden Knights, they, they're just good. Like, honestly, like anybody who watches hockey like or anyone that watches in general, like, you know they're good. They, they are a pretty team. They move the puck right to left better than any team I've ever seen. And I, I think they're just good. Yeah, I think it's worth noting, too, that when they did this expansion draft, they did it a lot differently than they had in the past at the, during the last one, which when they brought in uh, Columbus and Minnesota, who have been terrible up until you know very recently. And they had told all the owners uh, going into the expansion draft, hey, this team is going to be slightly competitive. We want them to be competitive because it's good for the league. You don't want to open up a brand new market and then have them suck forever. Um, you know, in Minnesota, it was okay because it's Minnesota. People love hockey no matter how bad your team is. Uh, 
So I, I wouldn't say it's as surprising that they were competitive, but to be, you know, going to the Stanley Cup final, having only played 15 games uh, out of a possible, you know, 12 uh, was the minimum that they would have had to play is really impressive. The only thing I was thinking about is doesn't this make every other front office kind of question what they've been doing? I mean, if you if you're the Vegas Knights, you come in one season, you're already to the Stanley Cup. I mean, how does every other front office not look at themselves and feel like if whatever uh, you know strategy plan, long term plan, whatever strategy they had uh, has got to be questioned at this point, right? I I wouldn't say that for the most part. There's a few spots. I mean, and there's two ways to look at it. You can look at it as who did they give up, and like you know, look at some of the guys that are on the Vegas roster who let them go. And I think really the only two quote unquote mistakes there were uh, flurry and Jonathan Marchessault. And I mean, Marchessault, he had like 30 goals the season before he was released by the Florida Panthers. Like that's a mistake. I, I don't think anybody understood why they did that because you knew he was going to light it up being on the top line in Vegas, which he, of course he was going to be. Um, flurry was kind of a 50, 50 shot there. You obviously Pittsburgh wants to opt with the younger goalie and Matt Murray. And I, I think that was probably the right choice at the end of the day, just cause you're going to get more longevity out of him. Uh, but you know, it, it's, it's hard to watch flurry. like, what, what's his save percentage at? He's like at almost a 95% save percentage in the playoffs right now. And you know, that's hard to watch, but a lot of the other guys on those on the Vegas Knights, as far as teams that released them, I mean, these guys were like seventh in ice time uh, at their positions. Like all, all the guys who were playing defense for the Knights were not in the top four defensemen on their previous teams. So of course you're going to protect the guys who are getting it done for you. And is that a you know just not giving them enough playing time to prove themselves potentially? Uh, but sometimes if you're just a stacked team like the L.A. Kings, uh, you have to release a guy like Braden McNabb. Well, what about the home field advantage? Uh, I got to imagine some of them are waking up two hours before the game, still hungry from a night of, uh, on the strip. I mean, we God knows Brian wouldn't last at all trying to play hockey uh, after a night in Vegas. So I got to imagine the home field advantage is uh, pretty good in Vegas. I mean, I, I wish I was in the uh, pros and I could attest to the off ice antics, but yeah, maybe the first time a team goes there, it's kind of a novelty. Like, Oh yeah, we're finally going to Vegas. And you know, some of the younger inexperienced guys are probably going out trying to wheel girls all night. But uh, I I don't know if later in the season, especially, especially during the playoffs, I I don't see that being a, a factor, but Again, like, you know, beginning of the season or if you're only there once a year, if you're an Eastern Conference team, yeah, you're, you're probably going to go out because Vegas is normally an offseason place for hockey players. Ryan, any thoughts on the Vegas season and uh, about, that, about their front office or about their home field advantage? I think the home field advantage has uh, got to be sizable. Um, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing for this team is uh, even outside of the expansion draft, just all the moves that McPhee made. I mean, he brought in a lot of talent. He traded away a lot of picks. He brought in, like, Tatar, um, then signed, like, Neil in the in the free agency. I mean, like, the, uh, he just made great moves. 
honestly, it's ballsy. I don't think anybody else would have done it. If this guy went to manage like the Cleveland Browns, I think he'd get them to a Super Bowl in like two years. Well, that's bold talk. I don't know about that. The Browns are cursed. So what about the Capitals? What about their season so far, Joe? I mean, I feel like everybody was counting them out and not really talking about them just because they haven't had success in the playoffs. And people don't bring up, I mean, they won their division this year. So obviously they're a very skilled team. They obviously still have some of the best players in hockey with Alexander Ovechkin, uh, Nick Backstrom, and then uh, Kuznetsov has been proving himself very, very valuable as well. And TJ Oshie too. So, you know, they've, they're stacked in the lineup, but I think people just take history into account there and, and count them out or write them off. Like, oh, well, Ovi can't win or they're not clutch, different things like that. There's questions in goal, uh, but they're, they're proven everybody wrong now. And um, it, obviously it worked, finally got over the hump of beating Pittsburgh and Sidney Crosby, which has been a, a storyline for however many years uh, since he and Ovi got into the league. Uh, so, yeah, I think it was a, a sneaky good season for him. And don't hockey people hate Ovechkin? I, I hate Ovechkin. It's kind of like a LeBron, I'd say. Um, you, know, you love him or you hate him. It probably depends on if your team's playing him, if he's kicking your ass or not. All that Russian might. Ryan, what do you think about the Capitals? Um, I think the biggest thing, what, what actually saved this team, ironically, was the cap space. Um, they it, it forced them to get younger, like uh, with the acquisition of like TJ Oshie, for example. And that in turn made them faster, which I think is re- really shows – um, I will say that Washington is probably built on like a very angry Indian burial ground and all sports teams there are cursed. Uh, just like the Washington Nationals, the Capitals win their division a lot. They're a very good team, always in the playoffs, but just fall on their face. Um, do I want to see them break the curse? Not really. I, the Devils, my team, of course, uh, we lose to them all the time. We play in the Metropolitan and uh, I don't want to see them succeed at all. But they've had a pretty good season. Um, I mean, how many times have they won the Grey Cup without uh, winning the Stanley Cup? I mean, c- come on. A Devils fan. How did the Devils do? Act- okay, the- sidebar, the Devils had a great year. We went from having the first overall pick to making the playoffs as a wild card. I am, I am like, stoked. Taylor Hall had the year of his life. Yeah, and then the, just lighten it the up. first round, uh, first pick, Nico Hersher, he's been amazing. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into this uh, matchup. We got the Vegas Knights, obviously, versus the Washington Capitals. Joe, why don't you kick us off? Give us a breakdown. Give us everything we need to know. All right, so uh, obviously the storyline here is you've got the the Grizzly veteran, Alex Ovechkin, who one of the top players in the league, hasn't been able to get to this point yet. You want to see him win a cup unless you're Ryan. Uh, and then you've got them playing the Cinderella story, the, the expansion team, the Island of Misfit Toys. Um, it's a pretty even matchup, as most championships are, I'd say. Um, some key things to keep in mind, I would say, are special teams. Uh, Vegas is rocking an 82.5% on their penalty kill, uh, which is good. And for reference... It, if you're good on special teams, you want your power play and your penalty kill percentages to be over a hundred. If you're below a hundred, you're trash. Um, that being said, Washington's power play uh, was the 
one of the best in the league this year. Um, in the playoffs, they're 17 for 59, which is about 30%, 28.8. To Vegas is at 17.6%. And most of the points that Washington is scoring are coming on the power play. So if Vegas can stay out of the box, they're giving themselves a way better chance uh, to succeed in the final here. Um, shots. Vegas has played four less games than <clears throat> the Washington Capitals, but they've also given up more shots. Um, I think that's, you know, there's no stat for shot quality. You know, if Flurry's dishing away like a dump in that is counted as a shot, you know, you, it's not noted, but still, I mean, that's four games. Uh, let's see. It was a uh, 505 shots against and Washington who's played four more games has uh, a Holtby missed the first two games of the playoffs. He's given up 484. So about 20 shots less. Um, that could prove to be an issue for Vegas because these are very, very skilled shooters that they're dealing with. Uh, they were able to deal with Winnipeg, who came off of a seven-game series against Nashville, which was just a Thunderdome. Uh, and obviously, Washington's coming off a seven-game series with Tampa Bay. Um, Vegas has the edge with rest, uh, but Flurry's going to have to stand on his head against Ovechkin, Oshie, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, John Carlson. Uh, you know, a lot of sharpshooters there, whereas Vegas... They're deeper with less skill, right? So they're they're not there's they don't have one guy with you know 24 points or 22 points like the Capitals. Uh, their highest scorer is Jonathan March, so with 18 points. So that's kind of where the matchup's leading. Vegas has played less games. They've given up more shots. They're a faster team, I think. I know Ryan, you had said Washington's fast, and they are, but I think they're still a little bit more systematic than. Uh, Ryan, what do you think this series? Uh, what do you think it comes down to? Um, uh, I, this series. I mean, honestly, it's it's going to come down to the goalkeeping. I think uh, it's it, look. Flurry's playing out of his mind right now. Nine fifty. If he can keep that up, if he can keep up that save percentage, then that means that the Caps are going to have to generate so many shots on goal just to keep it close. And the Golden Knights are a team that you don't want to chase. Um, they are a offensive powerhouse. I mean, th- both teams are, but the Knights can just absolutely keep pace with anyone. Um, for example, in that Winnipeg series, I thought Winnipeg was a faster and quicker team than this Caps team. And they, the uh, Vegas absolutely destroyed them. So, I mean, it's going to come down to the goalkeeping. I think Holby for the playoffs right now is at like a 92% save. Uh, over the season, he was at like a, a 90% save. Uh, so if he can keep a rate, if he can keep that like 92%, I think the Caps have a chance. But it's really just going to come down to can they can they keep pace with the Knights? Yeah, I mean, Holtby too. I mean, he's obviously he's back-to-back shutouts coming out of that Tampa Bay series. But in game seven, he was playing out of his mind. He, to me, when I was watching that game by myself at a sports bar, mind you, um, because my commute's an oh, hour. Oh, what a bachelor. <laughs> yeah, well, my commute's an hour. So, like, I, I don't want to leave work, you know, in between periods because then by the time I get home, the game's probably going to be close to over. I don't want to miss anything. So I just hung around work. Um, 
but he he was playing out of his mind. He looked super raw, but also very very shaky at the same time. Like I was just, it's not like he was trying to make the saves he was making. I don't know. It seemed like he was getting lucky, and uh, there's been a lot of question marks around him in general. You know, during the regular season and even in the playoffs, he didn't start the first two playoff games in the first round against Columbus. So, you know, he's definitely earned the starting job now. I don't think they're putting Grubauer back in now after his performance in the last two games of the Tampa series. But yeah, goaltending's always going to be massive and flurry, like you said, Ryan. I mean, if you had told me in the first round of the playoffs that Jonathan Quick was going to have a 93.8 save percentage or, or whatever his was. He's going to make this many saves that have this kind of goals against average. And then that he was going to lose four games in a row. I'd have been like, that's impossible. But somehow flurry who finished that first series with like a 97 save percentage. It was just disrespectful. And the type of hockey he's playing right now is it's out of control really. Yeah. And, um, and one more thing on Holby. The thing is that, I think if the if the Knights can jump on him, kind of just like Joe said, like he is kind of shaky. Um, I, I don't. I, I'm not a big fan of like how he plays or anything. He's he's quicker than a lot of other um, goaltenders in the league. Um, sure, better than Mer- especially in that Penguin series. But I think if the Knights can jump on him and if they can shake him up a little bit, then they're going to be able to score on him. He's going to have to settle down and kind of relax and figure things out. But uh, it just, it's a matter of how long that's going to take. Yeah, I think that's probably the thing that sets Flurry aside and above Holtby is that even when he gets scored on, he, he's, he's not easily rattled. Um, I mean, there's been several, I, I, I shouldn't say that, I don't know. But you know, even if the team their team goes down, he's still a wall for them. He's not losing confidence because he let in a weak one. Because, well, one, he doesn't really let in weak ones, it seems. Uh, but uh, I think that's one thing that will set him apart is that but the offense and the goalies are going to win it. I, I don't think the defense here is going to be that big of a factor just because Vegas is so fast uh, and they're going to skate around the Capitals, the defense. Vegas isn't that strong on defense, evidenced by how many shots they've given up. Uh, so it's going to be, hopefully, it's going to go one of two ways, right? It's going to be either a barn burner and we're going to have like six to five, four to three games, or it's going to be a goalie duel. Uh, and it's going to be, you know, one to nothing, two to one games. Um, not sure which one I prefer to be honest. The one thing I do know is hockey. The Stanley cup final is very entertaining to watch. That commentator makes me want to run through a brick wall. He just gets me amped every time he calls Drive! that game. Yes, it is. That is awesome. I love watching Stanley Cup final games. Um, okay, so let's get into some predictions. Uh, we'll start off with Ryan. Uh, who do you think is going to win in this series? Um, is does I don't I don't have it up right now. If Vegas has home ice, right? Right. Okay. So I think if they can snag like two wins out of the first three or so games, I think they can win it in six. Um, but I think if they lose uh, or if they only win one or none out of the first two or three games, then I think Caps and six. Just give us a prediction. Stop giving this if and or but. <laughs> just give us one prediction. Ryan. Uh, just because I hate the Caps, I'll go I'll go Knights and six. All right. And Joe, this is your moment of glory. This is cool. what you've waited for Redemption all year. for my terrible takes at the beginning of the season. Um, I definitely think Washington has the edge on paper 
but the stars are aligned and you there's no stopping the Vegas Golden Knights right now. I think they may even win it in five games because they're rested. Uh, I mean, Washington's played a six game, six game and a seven game series. They're tired. They're going to be more beat up than Vegas. Uh, and Vegas has already proved that they can beat, you know, the second best team in the league in the Winnipeg Jets. So I don't see them losing, even though statistics and whatnot will have you lean towards the Capitals. It's just their year, man. It's their year. Does NHL even really use analytics, though, like other sports do? I feel like they're probably of the major sports, the farthest behind. And mostly it comes down to just grit and, uh, you know, raw skill, but not really analytics per se. There's some analytic data that they use it's called Corsi and Fenwick indexes Corsi is basically like a time of possession statistic which they use they find that that's usually a indicator of success because if you have the puck the other team can't score right um I forget what Fenwick is but yeah at the end of the day I mean every statistic is going to be flawed in its own way the same way that you know a pitcher's ERA there's so many other factors that could go into it, right? Or a batter's uh, slugging percentage or a you know, guy's free throw percentage. I, I, I don't know. Stats are helpful, but at the end of the day, I say go with your gut. And see, that's my thing. And I feel like a lot of front offices work the same way, but at like, but if a lot of GMs are working like that and the Vegas, you know, they end up winning the Stanley cup. I mean, how does the owner not look at the GM and be like, okay, I've been going off your gut for 10 something years now. And these guys won in one year, you know, what, what are we doing here long-term? And I, I just got to wonder, I uh, don't know too much about hockey, but I don't see how you, how there wouldn't be a couple, at least a bunch of teams trying to change things up. If the Vegas Knights do end up winning this. And even honestly, even if they don't just because of how far they've come. Um, all right, guys. Anything else before we get out of here? Any more takes on hockey? Uh, whenever I whenever I play NHL, um, I usually use plus minus as the best indicator for stats. I, I like that pretty, and and the overall rating helps in NHL as well. But yeah, yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, I always look if I'm gonna pick a guy to play with. Uh, 88 is the lowest I'll go, but you know, preferably in the 90s where you want to be. I will say NHL is one of the more fun sports games to play. I think I like it even above uh, Madden these days. Uh, just a lot of fun. They're doing a, the first uh, pro tournament for NHL 18 in Vegas next month. Are they, are they at least going to call it like Chell? Please, please. They have to call it Chell. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll write a note to Gary Bettman and ask him to change it. But as of right now, that is not the name of it. Wow. <laughs> The disappointment in Ryan's voice. We'll we'll have to get an update on that. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. So before we get out of here, uh, Ryan, where can the people find you and your uh, lovable uh, French uh, bulldog? He actually has an Instagram. It's uh, Quimby the Frenchie. I do not run it because it is dumb. Why would you ever make an Instagram for a dog? But my friend runs it, so give her something to do. It's just Quimby the Frenchie. And I'm still not on Twitter because I'm not 12. I was going to say, I thought that was actually your uh, 
your Instagram for your your French bulldog. News oh, to absolutely me. Absolutely not. Do you think I would do anything like that? That's. And uh, Joe, I, uh, this is definitely one topic we'll have to save for another edition of Salty Stairs, uh, and it's about Instagrams for people's pets. But that will save that for another day. Joe, how can people find you, your rock band, and uh, anything else you want to shout out? Uh, yeah, just go ahead and follow me at Joe McMahon IV on Twitter, and uh, my band. I've already plugged that enough. We'll have mu- new music coming out hopefully later this summer. Just uh, letting you know. Awesome. All right, folks, we will be back pretty soon uh, for NBA Finals pod, so be uh, listening out for that. And uh, so find us on iTunes at the BBB Podcast, on Twitter at the BBB Pod, on uh, SoundCloud at the BBB Podcast as well. Be sure to give us a five-star review. We always love those. Keeps the podcast free. For Ryan, for Joe's Awful Takes, I'm Joey. See you later, folks.